On this episode of Driftless Drinks, we look at Brut, a new champagne-like style of beer from a number of different brewers. We're going to give them a try. Welcome to Driftless Drinks, a podcast about libations from and found in the Driftless area. My name is Mark. I'm John. And today we are discussing and drinking, maybe sampling. No, we're drinking them. We're going to sample and drink both some brute beers, uh, a couple of new <laughs> we, we, offerings. We don't, we don't leave an empty glass or a full glass. Or yeah, I know. As we go through these, I found out that uh, n- no uh, no bottle will remain. <laughs> no, they, they are empty. We, we recycle around here. Hey, we have a lot of beer here. We should talk about beer. We've got a couple of them here. Fair State has their uh, Brute Squad offering. Um, oh, it's the Brute Squad. The Brute Squad. Is it the? Okay. Yeah. I never know if it's the or the. Who knows? Uh, well, the, the Brute Squad. Squad. Yeah. So Fair State uh, Brewing from Minnesota. We also have, what is this? Sierra Nevada Brute IPA. Well, welcome to the segment of the show we call Here, Try This, uh, where one of us introduces the other one to a beer they have not had up until this point. That's right. This time, John is the introducer, and I am the introducee. That is correct. So, Mark, we've got here, we've got the Brute Squad. Ah, Um, The Brute Squad. The Brute Squad. Yeah, is it the Brut Squad? I I have no idea. I don't see Um, any umlauts, so... We don't... Yeah, there's no umlaut. I'm disappointed that brute beers do not have an umlaut, but I understand. I, I there there perhaps are too many umlauts in this world. Yeah, well, Speaking of somebody who's got an acute E in his name. I'm, so. I'm still a Motorhead fan, so whatever. Oh, exactly. <laughs> or Motorhead, however you want to say it. So uh, so this is of the brute persuasion and mm. a little bit about brute beer. Uh, we're going to cover two different brute beers in this episode. Brute beer is made with a an enzyme called uh, amyloglucidase, uh, which I have just slayed that name terribly. But basically what it does is they will normally add this enzyme to stouts. And they do that because it will then give the yeast a second chance to eat. And what that does is it brings down the, uh, the amount of undigested uh, glucose inside the, inside the beer. And so what you end up with is something that's not as sweet. It ends up being very dry. And that's how you get a lot of the dryness from, from stouts. And in, you actually get it down to what they call zero Plato. And Plato is a scale of, of, uh, the amount of non sugar in the, in the, uh, in the brew, in the brew mix. So with a zero Plato, uh, beverage, you're going to get something that is, that is very, very dry. Now they wanted to, I, I'm told according to some of the reading that I did that the person who invented this style wanted to originally call it a champagne beer, but realized that the people in France in the champagne area of France are going to get their knickers in a twist. I assume the French wear knickers and that they wouldn't want, you know, somebody using that name. So instead they called it brute, which is the dry version of a champagne. So what do you think the French think of Miller High Life then? I believe they do not think of Miller High Life at all. Oh. That is, that is my thinking. They have well, they have they have so many cheeses to worry about. Good. Well, and you know, you know, we're we're in Wisconsin. We understand being deluged with cheese. 
So, you know, and I don't think they've ever seen a cheese curd, but that's maybe a different discussion. So the, the fair state, um, so you've, you've not had a brute before. I have not. Okay. Uh, have you been familiar with it up until this point? It's a pretty new thing. It just started last year. Uh, no, this, this is kind of a newer thing with, uh, with brewing here in the last year or two, as far as I'm aware and going forward. And this will be my very first brute styled beer as well as my first beer from fair state brewing. Oh, really? Okay. Cause yeah, a lot of new going on here. There you go. So I will say as somebody who spends a lot of time in Minnesota, uh, that fair state, has some really good offerings. Um, one of my favorites that they have is a stout called Giant's Bane, which I highly recommend. Mm. And we'll have to bring that to a, a different episode. Yeah. Uh, this particular one I've been enjoying for the last little bit. This is maybe the fourth time I've bought it. Uh, just to let you know how much I've liked it. All the other times you get it free, right? I, no, okay. no, no. Do you mind if I crack it while you're... No, I, go ahead and crack it's it. Right. Yep. Ooh, that's a good crack. <laughs> And we are going to leave that phrase alone. So what you're going to find here is as you're pouring this, this is going to be very light mm. in color and it's going to be one yeah. of these mild kind of, of drinks. So this is something that's, you can pay as much attention to this as you like, which is kind of nice. So you can either really kind of get into it or you can kind of back off of it. So we've got one poured here. That one is for you, sir, uh, as I pour my own into the glass here. And the first thing I notice, it's almost like lemony yellow. It is. It's, it's a very pale. And I, my assumption is that this is because it's, it's had a lot of those solids eaten up or, you know, so yeah. it's, there's not much, there's not much there. And it's I don't know how they like do for filtering. It's not like a normal beer color. You hold it up to the light and it's it almost not, gets like. It's not a normal beer color. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it looks more like the other end of beer. Um, <laughs> it, uh, so it's not so much the number two version of a beer is more, right, more right, like a number right, one yeah. version of, I guess. Like, uh, but if you hold it up to the light, um, <laughs> it, it still, it looks almost, I don't want to say like grapefruity or sure. it's not quite pink, but yeah, every- maybe a hint of pink with it's, it is just like a lemony yellow. It almost looks like a a bit of a like a dark lemonade. Yes. Very interesting. And if you read the the marketing on the uh the can here and the oh, can do. is very it's interesting. They have like a wrap on it. And it's like a uh like a yellowish kind of bathroom looking wallpaper. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I don't know exactly what they were going for there and hopefully that's not insulting to the good people at Fair State, but um it, uh, it's a very understated label, kind of classy. I like it. I like the logo. I like the way it's printed. And it says here, Brewed IPA, 6.1 ABV. IPA is a fickle beast, now bitter, now hazy, now dry as frick. Luckily, this is a trend we agree with wholeheartedly. The Brute Squad is bone dry, effervescent, aromatic, and remarkably civilized. We'll see. Brewed with Idaho 7 and Citra Cryo Hops. I'm sorry, brewed with Idaho 7? That's what it says. Okay, so that's just one of the hops. So they're saying that in the cryo is what Yeah, it didn't say seven Idaho hops. It says uh, Idaho. Yeah, Idaho seven. seven. Yeah, I, there's... So it's going to taste like potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> or Napoleon Dynamite? I think probably more... more well, potato We actually, now that you mm. mention it. Sweat socks of Uncle Rico. <laughs> um, okay. All right, so so as you're, as you're taking a whiff oh, of my. it here... Yeah, so wow. you mentioned grapefruity. Stuff your nose into this thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it is a 
box of floral citrus. I mean, it mm-hmm. just right up your snout. From IPAs I have had that I do enjoy, it reminds me of the nose on uh, New Glarus Scream Double IPA. Yeah. It is yep, very yep, yep, floral, yep. very citrus. And I, I'm going to say that's very inviting at the moment. Yeah. So it's, so as, as you're going, so kind of give me an idea of what you're thinking for. What do you, what are you thinking you're going to get back on this? As, um, as you're trying it here? okay. So this is a brute, uh, not a lot of residual sugar going on here. Like I'm none. hoping that the backbone of it keeps up with the perceived hoppiness, the floralness, the citrusiness of the nose. But, um, in reading a little bit about brutes, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be pretty shallow on the back end. And to be perfectly honest, since I haven't tried one of these before, uh-huh. I really don't know what I'm going to get. <laughs> and this is all just a very uneducated the, the, guess. There you go. And I'm, and I'm just, I'm interested. Yeah. I was just interested in what you think you're going to get from the, from the nose of it, because the experience I find, and I just, I, out of reflex, I've already had a sip of mine. Um, because you, I've had enough of these that I get it in front of me and I'm like, no, nope, I'm going to have some. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if I was, if, if I was gunned to my head, I, I would have a hard time just not just drinking <laughs> it. So yeah, see what you're saying. So you're taking a sip now. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, wait for the, wait for the non-existent back note. And okay. So this is what's interesting about this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the IPAs that I tend to enjoy, and this is my palate only, um, I tend to enjoy an IPA that the backbone, the malt holds up against the hoppiness and they almost have to be 50, 50 in unison Mm -hmm. because of the high hoppiness of the beer. I need big back, right? So in this, I will say that the back is. Less prevalent than the nose, but I would also say that the balance created by it is remarkable. I, I'm not an IPA guy. So when I taste IPAs, there are a lot of astringent notes that I do not enjoy because I don't like chewing my aspirin <laughs> and waiting it's, for it to linger in my mouth. Yes, right. Exactly. So, um, this on the other hand, you can tell that it was brewed with a what I'm going to assume is a, uh, you know, a, a pale malt back um, that is sort of non-existent. It's existent in like theory. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and I think I <laughs> there's think- a hole in the beer, but it's not. It's not like missing anything that's that's the part that i'm trying to like reconcile (laughs) in my brain here because like there's this floral citrusy thing and it hits you in the face and you put it on your tongue and it's the same thing and you're waiting for that kind of back end to even it out but it doesn't but you're not missing it it it's not overpoweringly hoppy yeah weird I, i think i think with ipas a lot of the times and i'm not i'm not a huge ipa fan there's some that i really 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 enjoy um, wow. but, but I'm not just, if I walk into a place, it's IPA is not where the, the first place I'm going. Yeah. Right. And that's, I'm with you. Right. But if they have like an Odell's or something else, I mean, I'm, I'm I might drift that way. Oh, and I enjoy the Odell's oh, yeah. and that's yeah. because it's brewed in Colorado. <laughs> the hops. <laughs> they, 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 I, have, yeah. they have some hops there. Yeah, exactly. But the, uh, and you also notice that the clarity on this thing is like nuts. You can look right down. To, so like, if you well, look down, you can see the stem of the glass from so the So it top. also says hazy, right? And you can tell. 
Oh yeah, right. It's not like, filtered. Yes, but there's no like discernible particles. It's cloudy, right? right? Um, man, this is isn't that? It's 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 really strange. It's a different kind of beer, and it's you know, and those the IPAs usually when you've got all those floral notes. And you're right. The malt has to carry it, and if malt doesn't, all you get is that astringency, just yeah. that, that aspen, that aspirin kind of yep. back end, and it just pounds you. Yeah, and it's horrible. This one, you you get the floral in the nose. You're, I mean, you know, you're smelling it. You can you can really kind of get it. And as you're drinking it, it's like, okay, I can feel that on my tongue, and then huh. it just goes. Yeah, it's just gone. And I think that's because with the malt, you're really expected the malt and and those back notes from from the hops. Is really kind of being tagged in with that extra stuff that the ant, that the yeast hasn't eaten. Yeah, that there hasn't. You'd have to like pound it with yeast, and by adding this amyloglucidase or whatever it is, they're actually. You're doing great. I'm trying. <laughs> All right. there, so somewhere there's there's a biochemist <laughs> going. You are an idiot. Um, <laughs> there's probably a dog worker thinking the same thing, uh, and they're both right. So, but whatever this is that they're adding to it, it's getting rid of it. It's getting rid of that other thing. Now, what I think is really educational about this, because, you know, that's what I'm into is this educational crap. Well, you it, work for an institution. Yeah, I do. Um, as opposed to being institutionalized, which, eh, what time is it? Uh, they, um, the you thing do ab- back. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you see anybody in a white coat? I'm not here. Oh. Um, no, the thing, uh, the thing about it is that it, it gives you a window into how they're actually – dealing with some of these uh these um stouts and some of these you know heavy beers that are really taken in that have so much there that end up being sweet because if you're trying to get a high alcohol content the way you get more alcohol is you add more add sugar more sugar yeah right well so you get something sweet and that's why a lot of people don't like mead because they're looking for something that's really high in alcohol but the more alcohol you add, the sweeter you get. And suddenly you get something that's just Chloe. And it's like, no, yeah. what, you know, this, I feel like I should be at a, you know, a kid's birthday party. I mean, not right. kids, but you know, somebody who's acting like a kid birthday party. <laughs> the thing about it is when you have that high of, when you have those kind of, let me start again. The thing about the high sugars of mead is you end up getting something that's too sweet just mm-hmm. so you can get alcohol. Wow. Yeah. And honestly, this is remarkable. And I don't mean it like it's the best beer I've ever had by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, I'm sure. still not, you know, IPAs are not high on my style list, although I do like to enjoy a handful of them. Um, but as far as I, I guess I've never had, I've never had an IPA like this mm-hmm. and it's enjoyable and I can appreciate it much more than a lot of them. And I think that holds true to not only the process, but what they're actually doing with this beer as a whole. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of thought went into this, I think, um, from, from what I can taste and, um, well executed, man, I I really haven't had anything quite like this and it's, it's fascinating. I'm looking forward to trying a few more of these. So thank you for introducing me to the, uh, Fair State Brute Squad Brute IPA, ringing in at 6.1 ABV. Very cleverly packaged. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, classy. Yep, pick up and, a uh, classy, what do you just, guys think? 
Very interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, if, if you're a fan of IPAs and don't really get into that big backbone that, you know, for me, I need to prop them up. Um, you, you've got to give this a try. Even if you're just into IPAs or anything in the lighter style, even if you're not an IPA fan and you like lighter beers, man, you've got to give this thing a whirl. So now, in full disclosure, this is the only brute I've had. And there's a number of them that have come out, uh, including one by uh, one I just saw recently from New Glarus or uh, oh, uh, New Belgium. Party fall. New, yeah, party fall. So including one I just saw from New Belgium uh, that I haven't tried. Uh, but in the uh, Crack a New One ep- uh, segment of this episode, we are going to be looking at Sierra Nevada's. Ah, we're going to uh, double one, up on the brutes. One I haven't I'm tried. going to have one. Might as well have two. Might as well. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, Thanks for introducing. Yeah. And uh, cheers. Cheers. Well, welcome back to the Driftless Drinks Podcast. Here we are with news and brews and brews in the news. What do we got going on here? (laughs) Well, so lately there's been a rash of a number of small breweries who have been uh, outlawing flights. Oh, the ever popular, ever tourist attracty flight. Yes. And no, and I will, I have indulged in many of them. As have I. And I have enjoyed them. But I will tell you that when I go to a winery, I don't do the tasting. Now, part of that is because my palate is so uh, caveman-esque, shall we say, that <laughs> most of – yeah, exactly. <laughs> most of – most wine tastes the same to me. I mean, there, you can get a bad wine. I know a really bad wine when I taste one. And I know in a really good wine from a medium wine, I can't tell the difference. So when I go in, I don't, and I hate small talk. So sitting around, <laughs> just just podcasting is a good thing to go into if you don't like small talk. Uh, it, but if I don't like to sit around and have this person tell me what I should be, what notes I should be tasting, right, those kind right. of things, and that's just the thing about this podcast that we're doing. We're not trying to tell you what you should be tasting. We're we're tasting it ourselves, and we're just saying what we're experiencing, and we're doing it on the fly. I totally understand this. Um, I think flights are interesting. Um, if you have a couple of beers there that are of maybe a similar style and you want to try them, you know, like when you go to the bodega and it's like, Hey, what's this one all about? And they tell you what the beer is. And then they're like, you want to try just a little bit? Because what they're doing is like, Hey man, first one's free, you know, like, <laughs> but really all they're doing is trying to interest you enough to buy the whole thing. Right. Right. And, the value in having, to me, it's got to be what probably an eight ounce pour, right? Right. That's to me, that's kind of like your your minimal setup, right? It allows you to take a glass in your hand, bury your nose in it, go. It smells like my palate should be expecting blank, you know? Right. And then it allows you to drink it, sample it right off the tap or wherever it's coming from, bottle, whatever. Mm-hmm. It allows you to sample it, process that, sit it down, think about it, have a conversation, come back to it. 
Because like you said, beer changes over time in a glass. And this is one thing that I've come to realize for myself and maybe other people do too. And I, you know, I think we only speak only for us here, right? We're not speaking for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. But at the same point, like for me, when I sit down with a beer, like an old Rasputin is one of the ones I'm is always a go-to, right? I can't just pour it in a glass and drink it and go, wow, that was good in five minutes. Right. That's not how that experience works for me. (laughs) I pour it into a glass. I wait 10 to 15 minutes and then I slowly work my way through it for the next half an hour. Exactly. Because when I sit down with that beer, I know what that experience is supposed to be because I've had it before and I've done it that way. Mm -hmm. And that's how it works best for me. Right. And that's how I want that to go. And I think a lot of brewers put a lot of thought and a lot of time into their beers that when they sit down and they understand how they should be enjoyed, that they want to convey that experience to their customer base and not sell them short. Right. Because there are a lot of times you can grab a beer and in that first two sips go, I taste this and that, and that's it, right? I only taste hops and it's thin. Well, 20 minutes from now, things are going to happen to that beer with the environment that it's in, the air around it, and the temperature coming up that are going to change the body of that beer and they're going to change that first impression when you put it back in your mouth. So I, it's, I totally understand why brewers are doing this. I applaud it to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I guess um, I don't know if I want to see more of it. I guess I would like to have customers to have their own uh, option for some of that, I don't like to see anything forced upon anyone. If you know you only want three ounces of something and you feel like that's what you can get out of it for you, that's great. Um, exactly. But at the same point, the brewers who are making these things kind of know what it is they're doing with that and how it should be employed. Exactly. I and, I, and I think we need to make a clarification here. When you talk about the bodega, you said the bodega. And when we talk oh, about yeah. that, that's the bodega uh, that's – it's uh, – uh, an establishment in La Crosse, Wisconsin called the Bodega. And they have a multitude of beers on, on tap and in bottles. And yeah, we're um, not sponsored by, we're them. not sponsored by uh, them. But I will say I do frequent that. Place. But, but we <laughs> do, we also want to, we also want to say with that, uh, they do not do flights. They are not a, they no. are no longer, although in the early days they were, but they are no longer a brew pub. Um, so they don't brew their own, but uh, you can go in and get a sample of stuff before you try the, the thing really with this is how a beer develops yes. and that, that timing issue is a thing. The other thing with that is what you've ingested at the time. Uh, one of the things that I've had a recent experience with, there is a beer from Port Huron, 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 Huron. All right. So Port Huron uh, brewery has, uh, a number of beers that I really, really like. Their alt is amazing and go try some right today. Oh, yes. uh, again, they are not a sponsor of us, uh, but they make one called a honey blonde. And okay. I picked up a six of this recently and it was just because it ha- I happened to be in a place where they had it. They had it out, tried one and went, wow, I don't care for this. I, I don't care for this, this beer. And this is their honey blonde. Right. Yep. And it wasn't bad. I mean, it was, there's absolutely no bad taste to it. Uh, so I decided to pull one out and have it with dinner. With dinner, it was amazing. All right. Now, there's nothing changed about that beer. It was just as cold. That, that second bottle was just as cold as the first yep. one. It was just that it was a different circumstance. I was having something else with it. 
Uh, a good example is that before we start doing these podcasts, we had pizza. Right, the the two of us ate uh, a couple of different kinds of pizza. Oh yeah, and which was amazing, by the way. Thank you. But the having beer after that just kind of works, right? There's something about having beer, and it almost doesn't matter what kind of beer. But suddenly your palate is set for this, and, right. and I'm sure there's something about the receptors on your tongue, and there's some science in there that yeah. I certainly don't know. So. If you're going to go into a place and have a flight, it seems like a great idea. And I've done this in some in a lot of places that I fully enjoyed. Asylum Brewery in Madison. I had a flight that is going to stick with me for a long time. I made notes. I don't make notes when I eat when I have beer. <laughs> when I eat beer. When I eat beer. When I drink beer, I don't make notes. And this one I did. All right, because there were a lot of there's a lot going on there. But the problem is that now I've tried beers at the same beer afterwards and I didn't have the same experience. Right. And I didn't have the same experience yeah. because I hadn't had the other beers before that one. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things to be noted, right? It's all about the environment. It's all about your palate at the time. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes um, you can grab the same beer from the same batch that one day it'll taste great. And the next day, it's maybe average. Yep. So it's it's really there are a lot of factors with it, and uh, you know, I guess getting back to the flight or no flight, I can certainly get behind the notion that brewers should know how to serve their beers, and I totally understand that. And uh, from that standpoint, I um, I would applaud most brewers on on doing what they think is right for their customer base. That's what beer's about, having a good experience. Exactly. All right. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you. Well, welcome back to the Driftless Drinks podcast. Uh, we're doing some, uh, drinking some uh, Brute IPAs, which is a new style for me, new to my palate. I've been into um, it. <laughs> John's into it. Um, <laughs> so what do we got here? We got, uh, you, you brought one over. Neither one of us have tried this. Uh, we we kind of call this part crack a new one because neither one of us have had this. So what what do we got here, John? Well, we've got Sierra Nevada's. It's called Spring Seasonal Brute IPA. Okay. Um, it's an ex, according to this, it's an extra dry IPA. Um, as we mentioned, that you know that's the kind of thing with these. Are they're supposed to be really dry? Like no back notes on these. Um, there are a number of them out here. This is the first one that I ran into after the Fair State, which I'd, I'd had for a little while. Okay. Um, According to this, and this is according to Sierra Nevada, and we can talk about that brewery and what, we, what we've what we experienced with that brewery later, but this says, uh, this is our Brute IPA, a new take on an IPA brewed for a bone-dry champagne-style finish. Late hop additions give the beer balanced bitterness and a bright pop of citrus flavor. It's as intriguing as it is drinkable. Now it's, so they're giving it a, uh, they're giving it, the benefit that it's the late hops that's giving it their the dryness as opposed to the amino acids that we talked about. I'm sorry, the enzymes that we talked about earlier. Um, okay. So, I don't know. And Sierra Nevada, they kind of know what they're talking about, so we'll have to see. It, it's whether or not they're hmm. kind of blowing – what kind of quality of smoke they're blowing up our backside hmm. on this. So, uh, this also looks like it was bottled – 
and this is one thing I appreciate from from brewers. It's it was bottled on December twentieth of two thousand eighteen. So Ew, that's not that one. many weeks. So this is really new for us. We're recording yeah. this on what is today the twelfth? I think it is of Jan the following January. Yeah, let's call it so, the twelfth. Yeah, and this is a twelve ounce bottle. Came in a six pack. So it's pretty standard standard offering here. Yeah, and it's in the kind of the short squatty. Uh, Sierra Nevada bottle. Yep. And Sierra Nevada, of course, is known for their pale ale. Um, I think that's probably their big beer that really kicked them off and got them going, especially with larger distro throughout mm -hmm. the states and stuff. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're really well known for some of their ales, their lighter ales, um, things of that nature. So this is their Brute IPA. And I'm cruising through Beer Advocate here to right. see so what other people. Yeah. While you're doing that, let me go ahead and pop this. Oh. Yeah, that's nice. Yes, yeah, that, that sounds good. Ooh. Okay. Um, I'm going to so, stop smelling it out of the bottle. <laughs> some of the notes that I'm picking up on here from what other uh, users have said, uh, very clear gold or uh, yellow. Well, they ain't lying there. Okay. As John's pouring these things out in a couple of glasses. Um, getting a lot of words like floral, citrusy, lemon. And grass. Grass and <laughs> As grains. As opposed to lemongrass. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. Floral, citrus, lemon, right, grass, and grains are the words oh. that are really popping out here. Boy, it's like um, a... It's, and I got to say that it's... Uh, having poured two glasses now, it's a little bit like a gopher in a lawnmower factory. It, the head just popped right <laughs> down. It disappeared. Yeah, it did. It, uh, and that's... So now, yeah. wait. So, what's Beer Advocate giving it here wow. for a rating? Okay, so just to pile on that last statement, uh -huh. John poured these things out, right? And there is literally, there's a couple of big bubbles at the top of my glass. Yeah, mine too. And you can see to the bottom of this thing <laughs> like you're looking at a virgin lake. I mean, like you can look all the way to the bottom of this thing. I think I could see I can China. Read, I can almost read our script <laughs> through this. Ignore that. We have a script. We when have, did that happen? Well, it's a sh no, we don't have a script. <laughs> so <laughs> just uh, last notes on some of the the beer advocates. Uh, well, I've got a script. <laughs> use your notes here. I'm glad <laughs> John's prepared. <laughs> I just show up and be like, hey, what are we doing? You brought me some beers. Um, Mr. Ohio says, very light, dry, and effervescent. I could pound these. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. We're on beer advocate, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure we're on the right That's, website when you're looking at that. I have that not could go a number of different over ways to the incognito no, tab. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't know nothing about the incognito tab. On the nose. Yeah, what do you got? Oh, hold on, man. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I'm still living in Fair State here. Hold on. All right, there we go. All right, what are you getting? Not a lot. Very faint. Oh, good. Great. Very Holy faint cow. floral notes here. I mean, you almost have to bury right. your face directly into this. Okay, I'm, so not that it's good, bad, or indifferent, but there's just not a lot to be had from the nose. All right, let's try a sip here. All right, so despite the rather strange nose to this, I I think the flavor is good. I I'm getting there's a real crispness to it. I'm not going to lie, dude. This is, I, 
Well, don't lie. I'm I'm trying to find the right words to say, but this is like... <laughs> is it 3.2 on a 5? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no. I mean, it honestly tastes like... Like a brewery trying to do a, a classy version of an American light beer. Oh, okay. Okay. And I, as far as the IPA part of this, there's a hint of floral on the nose. There's a little bit of hop going on. Yeah. I mean, it's like if I went to a brew pub and ordered a pale ale and I got this, mm-hmm. I would expect it. You, Does uh, that make sense? No, no. You would expect what? You'd expect it to taste like this at a brew pub? Oh, to me, I this see. is a good, like, American pale. Okay. Right? So when I see the words Brute IPA, I'm, I'm thinking right from the label that there should be something, I don't want to say exceptional about it, but different. And I feel like this is just mislabeled. Like, <laughs> I, I would, I, I, I get where you're going. Um, to me, with this, it's uh, I get the brute out of it. I mean, I get the the no back in it to yep. the point that my tongue actually has that dryness. You know, have you? Yeah. If you have like a cheap, I'm gonna go into wine again. If you have a cheap um, Cabernet Sauvignon, which I really don't like, and you get it super dry, and the cheap ones just have this element to it, and I don't, I have no idea about wine. But you try it, and it's like now my my tongue feels hairy yeah. on the on the back. That's what this has given me, which I think is supposed to is kind of where it's coming from the dry. So I think that that's not to be unexpected from them. And I think that the to me there's a there's a crispness to it. I bought a six pack of this, and having tried it, I'm not sorry I bought a six pack of it. Okay. I don't know that I'll buy another one. When I compare this to the fair state that we had in the here, try this segment, I got to say the fair state just ran away with it. So if I was yeah, going to compare the two of these, it's like, this is, this is a, this is a very substandard effort at what fair state pegged. Yeah. And <clears throat> being new to this, I don't know what the norm is. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I feel like this is a fairly new style too. So it's one of those things where you could, probably make your way around the world with it before you figure it all out but yeah at the same point the fair state was i don't want to call it exceptional i think it was an exceptionally interesting offering of this style of which i don't know enough about <laughs> right yep yep no i get i get you but it, it, it is brand new so if you just break it down to like do i want to drink it do i not want to drink it like the fair state i'm like if somebody put that in front of me, you know, like six days out of the week, I'd be like, yeah, all right, I'll have mm-hmm. one. So this one, I can't say that for at the same point. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm tasting like it was mislabeled. If this was, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think, you know, cause we don't want to do a point system cause you know, everybody does a point system. If I was going to look at this, I, I would say that if, if the last five bottles of this is the only th- only beer I have in the house. I'm not going to go to the store. Oh no, I'm I'm going to go ahead and drink it, no. and I'm going to be happy with it. I'm going to be fine with it. Um, there is other beer that I've had that if I had those in the house, no, I'm going to have to go to the store and get something different. Yeah, 
this is this is one of those things where it, it it finishes nice, clean, smooth enough. Um, I don't think it's a bad beer by any stretch. No, no. It's not quite what I was expecting. I guess I was kind of thinking there would be some sort of exceptional element to it since it's labeled as a brute IPA, where you're really looking for something super <clears throat> crisp, super dry. Um, it comes close. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's uh. I'm with you. If it's in my house and I want a light beer, I think I'd reach for it. But at the same point, I don't think I would go out of my way for it. It it makes me think that what I want to do is I want to go try – um, other people's offering of brute. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see, explore the style a little more. And, you know, and when we talk about at some point we need to address, um, juicies and hazy juicy uh, beers that have, that have come out in the last year. We need to address those at some point and kind of explore those a bit. And I think that what, um, as kind of a, as kind of a, uh, preview of that kind of a conversation, I think those have come a long way. The first couple I had, I went, what are you yeah. people thinking? And then now I've had some that I will go to in a heartbeat. Yeah. So and it's evolution. And I think that might style, be the same. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, um, <clears throat> you'll have to try this one. This, you'll have to try this one out for yourself and see, see what you think. Um, I do, I do not think you're going to be sorry you bought it, but I'm, I'm interested in what other people are going to You're going to be sorry you heard this podcast. Before yeah. They, you did. they were, that happened a while ago. <laughs> that happened several, several minutes ago. <clears throat> so. Well, that's it. We tried it. We did. We did it. And we uh, plowed through. And to be perfectly honest, I think Sierra Nevada does a very nice job with a lot of different styles of beer. And this is one of those ones that, yep. you know, while it didn't completely miss the mark, I guess I don't know enough about the style for it to completely hit the mark either. I think it has notes of a good brewed IPA, but at the same point, I am not 100% sold on it. But that no, being I- said, if you open one up, you're not going to throw it out. So. Nope. You're, no, you're not. All right. Well. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on Driftless Drinks. Next week's episode, we're going to focus on Oso's Liquid Soul. I haven't had that. I'm going to introduce John to it. I'm looking forward to that one. We will also figure out the big debate. Juicy, hazy, hazy, juicy. I don't know. I don't know either of those ladies. We're going to try it. We're going to try it. All right. Thanks, folks. Bye. Maybe that's the wrong kind of glass. Maybe a tulip glass isn't the way to go. The I gotta say, you think it's a glass that's doing it? Well, there's yeah, okay. It's gonna concentrate the nose and I think if you pour it into your hand, <laughs> just where's Jonesy? Is this this is this familiar to you? You know this one? I don't. Know, you just keep circling it. I don't know. Like wondering where its tail is. <laughs> where its tail is?